recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever it may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 428. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have my co-host, John White. It's Wednesday, April 4th, 2018. John, how you doing? Doing really well. The color of the Bay Report, it is brown as I crossed the bridge this this morning. I, I don't know exactly what's going on. If, if you know why the Bay changes colors, I know that I'm, you know, 50 weeks into this doing this report and still haven't Googled, you know, exactly why the color changes. Please, please at me on Twitter, at Journeyman. Let me know. Fantastic. I do not know what it is. On the show today, we have Dave Grant, VP of Product Marketing at VMware EUC. We're going to be talking about intelligent-driven digital workspace. So Dave is in the studio with Dave. Nice to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's yeah. a lot nicer here than it is back in Boston where I'm from. So Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, are you in town just for, for some amount of time or do you, you live here now? No, I actually come out here about every two or three weeks. Most of my team is out here, so uh, it's just one of my regular trips. Good gig, good gig. You know, cross the nation, back and forth. Yeah, get a bit of winter, get a bit of summer, you know. And you do end-user computing. We're going to get to you shortly. We just have a few news items. And, hey, thanks for everybody joining us on the live stream. Good to see everybody. Uh, Hope it's going going well this week for you. A couple things in the news. Um, We are processing the V-Expert vSAN nomination. So if you got your uh, vSAN registration in, we have those. Uh, We're processing them. There were multiple hundreds of them. So we're going to be, you know, obviously going through and voting and applying points. We have some pretty strict rules on the vSAN applications. We're going to be working on that. Uh, We should probably get those processed in the next week or so and let people know whether they've made the cut. So... Uh, thanks for everybody t- uh, doing the submissions, and we are now processing them. The voting has closed, the, uh, or the nominations have closed, so uh, we will let you know as soon as we get done. Uh, VMworld registration opens May 8th. That's Ooh, coming up. So really? you know, get ready. I think there will probably be an early bird. So, yeah. You know, you can take advantage of that. Um, so in another couple of weeks, that'll be opening up. And if you go to VMworld.com, they introduced the new theme for this year. So the new theme is out. Uh, it is uh, begins with you, right? So that's the new theme. It's pretty cool. They got some nice graphics up there. So go to VMworld.com, check it out, get ready for Reg. Uh, the theme is going to be kind of like VMworld begins with you, possible begins with you, innovation begins, everything begins with you, right? So it's all about you. So. <laughs> Now, that's pretty cool. That's out, and we're you know getting excited for that as well. This year, it's going to be uh, in Vegas again and uh, in Spain, Barcelona again also. But later this year, back uh, push it back into November this year versus last year. It was pretty early. So we'll have some time in between the VMworlds this year. Everything's going on as expected. So uh, we will also be announcing some code things that are beginning, going to be happening at VMworld, expanding that program. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. Uh, I think that's it for the news, unless anybody online. Oh, John White has an idea of what. Yeah, what actually, um, you know, just an aside, AWS Summit is in San Francisco, and we're there. So if you are there, uh, come check us out. Um, one thing I did notice, the EUC team made like a like a field technologist hire. Uh, Brian Madden came on to the uh, EUC uh, office of the CTO. So that's uh, pretty cool. I've been reading, reading Brian's analysis for, for years, so see him come to the VMware. Yeah, that, that, that's an awesome, awesome addition. We saw that. That went out through social. A lot of people retweeted it. Yeah, yeah. yeah he started yesterday, and uh, he joined Sean Bass's organization. So for those who don't know Sean, well-known blogger in space as well, um, he joins that team, the office of CTO. How do we attract such good talent? 
The dream team. Come on. <laughs> Everybody We're wants that, good gold, things, that gold know? medal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, VMware is a good place to work, and we definitely got it going in the desktop world. Yeah. There's, there's no question. There's just a lot of momentum there. So as we uh, transition to, to our main guest, which, uh, again, is Dave Grant, VP of Product Marketing at VMware EUC. So EUC has been on fire, but before we talk about EUC, we always talk about the person because uh-huh. we're our community podcast. Why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, what you've been doing in the in the in the industry, you know, for some amount of time, and then how long have you been at VMware, and what do you do here? Sure. So uh, I'm a Canadian that lives in Boston for a? the last 15 years. A? So yeah, you a? might hear a number of different accents come out, depending. <laughs> Usually depends on uh, my beverage of choice when what one comes out. But uh, so I live in Boston. I came to VMware via an acquisition of a company called Destone. Uh, for those that don't know, All right. we were the first ones doing desktop as a service, actually. Right. What turned out to be I what that, other right. people are doing. So right. we created a multi-tenant platform that uh, VMware acquired to what now turned out to be Horizon Cloud, nice. uh, which now runs on uh, Azure and uh, IBM software. So uh, I've been with the company just about four years from that acquisition. And uh, CEO spent most of my life uh, in, obviously, most of my career in technology, in product management roles, SE roles, and product marketing roles. So kind of, uh, if for those that don't know, product marketing kind of bridges the, 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 the product team to the outward-facing sales and um, outside organizations. So deal a lot with press and analysts and uh, in the industry. And uh, yeah, so that's a bit about me. I spent, before I was in the EUC space, I was in uh, IT security for about eight years uh, in a variety of different companies, including IBM and a couple of smaller startups as well. So Nice. All right. Well, that's good. So that's, that's how you got here. Uh, how do you like VMware? Love it. Yeah? Yeah. Love the weather, as I said. No. It's a great <laughs> company. See, it's funny you asked the question. I probably shouldn't say this out loud as an exec here at the VMware, but I will anyways. You know, I, I often get people saying, hey, you're a startup guy. You've been in startups a lot. What what makes you stay there? And it's definitely the, the company and the, the way we operate. Uh, fast-moving company for the size of our company. I, I can't believe it, actually. I've been, like I said, in a couple of big companies before that um, just can't innovate at the same pace that, that we're able to do. So it keeps it exciting. And as you pointed out, EUC has, has been on fire since I joined. I can't take credit for it, but um, you know we've grown substantially, right, uh, yeah. into mobile and the digital workspace um, on top of what we're doing in desktop virtualization. So it's just been really fun. Yeah, VMware seems to be fearless, right? Like we don't get stuck on old models, yeah. old ways, old tech. We just like whatever the market's doing, whatever the customer needs. Yeah. You see us just like we want to be a desktop. We want to do this. Oh, we want to do cloud now. Okay, yeah. they're just incredibly mobile. Fast at mobile, being, right? Yeah, just. Being, just being able to identify where the market's going, what customers are needing, and then go acquire, build, yep. do what they need to do to, to offer customers cool solutions. And that makes it fun, right, for yeah. us. Yeah, 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 it does. So uh, intelligent-driven digital workspace, what, maybe we should start with the high level. What are we talking about here? Uh, and then we'll drill down into kind of some of the announcements we've made and some of the sure. details of that. I hope, I hope everybody knows, but probably not, because I know it's a big portfolio here to be more to follow, but... You know, obviously, roll back about three, four years ago, EUC was all about desktop virtualization, so virtualizing right. desktops and applications. We then, fast forward, we acquired a company called AirWatch, who was the leader in mobility management. So they would, um, you know, manage mobile devices and make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and update them with patches and, and do all the management of mo- mobile devices. And that really opened up a new world for EUC to get into the mobile device market. So uh, about a year and a half ago, we decided that it was the right time to merge the three pillars of EUC, uh, desktop virtualization, mobile management, and we were doing a lot with identity, so um, access management, conditional access. So we merged those three into one platform called Workspace One. Sure. And called yeah. it a digital works. We called the category digital workspace. Yeah. The idea is pretty simple. Deliver any app to any device anywhere is the, the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, there's bumps along the way, of course, 
but that is our vision. And so we announced that about a year and a half ago, um, been, been done, doing very well. And last week we announced in addition to that, which was this idea of adding intelligence in, and, uh, I can, I guess I should take credit for the really creative name we came up with the intelligence driven workspace, but yeah, now we're building in, um, the idea of uh, visibility and automation across the digital workspace. And we did that through an acquisition we made last year, if you may remember, called Apptelligent. Absolutely. We announced it at VMworld uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as a beta. This is the GA of that, uh, uh, essentially, right, if you think right, about that. Right. The integration. Correct. Correct. Got it. So intelligence, let's drill down that. that you, so you're, what are you doing across those, you know, visibility across that? What are you, what are you figuring out? Yeah, it's a, a good question. So when you think about um, the diversity of devices we all use every day, right, and uh, in different locations, at home, in the office, on the road, in a retail branch, field workers, uh, people are having a really hard time even discerning, you know, what devices are out there being used, what apps are being used, what, user, what, what are users doing, where are they doing it? And so the first and foremost thing we did was actually came from our traditional AirWatch end user or uh, endpoint management technology, where we have all the data on the device usage. Mm-hmm. And we acquired right. this company called Apptelligent, which actually then gives us all the data on the mobile app apps themselves, how they're being used, the performance. What we um, what we did with this announcement last week was combine those two now. So now we have data about the devices, we about the app usage, and about the users because we have the identity piece. So you combine those three things, we can now provide visibility that companies just never had before on their real estate. And then when you take that real estate, what's most important? Well, you want to understand how to make decisions and automate. So what we do is things like it looks odd that you're accessing this app from this location across the country, and then the same day you're accessing it from California. Well, that's probably not right. And so we'll let the company set up rules to say, if that happens, don't let them access any of the apps that are sensitive, like salesforce.com mm-hmm. or, right. you see what I mean? So now you can start sure. to see where security starts to play a little bit in here because we can start preventing automated ways of preventing people from doing malicious things sure. uh, with that data. So now when you're talking about the, the idea of the mobile application, are you talking about it just as it resides on the device or are you talking about it as it interacts with maybe a backend a data center uh, segment of that application. It's the only the mobile app, but we can sometimes discern, okay, it's the network that looks to be causing that mm-hmm. to be you know, slow or moving, you know, the performance is poor. Sure. Um, you can imagine we eventually want to move this into beyond just mobile apps as well. Um, but for right now, it is uh, the mobile application itself, the performance of that application. Sure. I, I can just definitely see a vision where, you know, now when I see, you know, an application, you know, for example, we have this thing called People Search at VMware, right. which is an application which lets you see a person and where in the org structure they are. Well, that's probably driven on the back end by some Active Directory, you know, uh, information somewhere. So there's an interactive interactivity with Active Directory or maybe a cache of that within a database plus the actual application on my mobile device. So when I say there's a performance issue or I want to see how it's being used, I could conceivably talk about, you know, two or three different aspects of that. Yeah, they're going to think, the audience is going to think that you set this up, and I know you didn't, so that's what's great. I didn't actually talk to you for what, more than 30 seconds before this, so I right. couldn't have no, teed this no, up. This just... We have a, a product that actually GA'd last week as well, outside of intelligence, that, that answers mm-hmm. your question, called Mobile Flows. So People Search, the app that uh, you just said, we have a, just so everybody knows out there, in VMware, we do drink our own champagne. We are the big, one of the biggest users of Workspace One. We all, every day, come in. We access Workspace One. We get our apps. But we have these really cool homemade built applications like People Search, like Meeting Room Finder, 
like V approved that lets me automatically approve. Aloha, right? Other ones. Yeah. yeah. They're all built uh, using the SDK in Workspace One called Mobile Flows. And we just GA'd that uh, as well last week. Ah. And what that allows you to do is do exactly what you said. It's kind of um, middleware. Mm-hmm. Well, we call it, we call it, casually call it mobile middleware. We don't formally call it that. But the idea is taking it, a mobile app and connecting it to backend systems so that you can eloquently, like quickly get to things, right? So, right. for example, in my email client, I can see there's a new contact comes up. It will give me, it will highlight that contact and say, do you want to send to Salesforce? I click on the button mm-hmm. and it goes to Salesforce. Right. It creates a new contact for me, all done behind the scenes. I don't need to log into Salesforce at all. So, yes, uh, last week we did announce something called Mobile Flows. Oh, interesting. Look, look at it out there, but that's exactly what that's for. It's for organizations who want to build those connectors and push it to a mobile that's form that's, factor. It's funny because um, every time I have uh, somebody, like a, a manager, director, demo, Air, Workspace One for a customer, and they show via proof, like the customer says, oh, great, I want to buy that. Yeah. I want to buy that via proof where I can just approve things. And they're like, well, that's maybe the one thing that we don't sell, like that specific application. But now we sell the toolkit where customers can build their own version of that Correct. using their application. We've played around with the idea of ours are so good, should we resell them? But that's not the business we're in. Right, making, right. Making applications <laughs> like that. But yes, that's exactly what we GA'd last week was the ability for organizations to build their own. And we give them guidance how to do that. And we do use our examples, as, mm-hmm. as I say. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. So we have so we have security as one of the things. Uh, we also have you know intelligence around application usage, specking how much how much usage we have on each application. Does that Device allow you usage. to do plan, planning around you know application? Yeah, everything's SaaS service now. I pay by the user, right? Do we get into like all right, being able to predict how much application we're going to need next year to purchase? Is, how are people using this data? I get security, and maybe we could uh, also. All right, let's just talk about app usage for, yep. for a little bit. Uh, do you see some of that predicting usage flow, things that I need to buy, services I need to acquire in the organization to support these? Yeah, we had this uh, in beta for about four months and had a lot of participation. And the use cases that really bubbled to the surface, uh, you nailed one of them, which is uh, license entitlement, is just how much do I need to be spending on licenses? Uh, you know, Are you guys using the mobile Salesforce app that I'm paying for? Are you using the Concur app? Are you right. using... And yeah. Absolutely. So that's, Shelfware. That's, yep, you got you need it. a new name for it, right? Mobile yeah. deadware. Yeah, like exactly. That, right? Well, and devices, by the way. That was right. The other thing that bubbled up is I, I might be buying, you know, have you ever heard of rugged devices? They're mm-hmm. kind sure. of these mm-hmm. powerful yeah, yeah. Uh, that you can drop them and they're used by, you know, utility workers and people out in the field, but maybe they're not being used. I just bought a thousand of them and deployed them. Are they being used or are they, using, are they going around the system using their own phone? You can use that kind of data on the device side as well to decide. If other devices I've pushed out, the corporate-owned devices actually being used, or can I take them back and not support them anymore? Uh, utilization so, metrics. Yeah, so Makes both sense. on the device and on the application itself, to your, to your, to your right. question, right. before we even get to the security use cases. Yeah, so license usage, device usage. Um, user, beha- user performance, are they getting a good performance? That's the other big use case, right? It looks like you know, you're not using the app. Why is that? When we dive into the results, we see it's been slow for you, so we automatically patch it because it needed a patch or something like that. We push a patch. Right, you can actually see how many devices. Is this big scale for the the people that are using this? Like, how many devices are they actually managing? Is it like a thousand devices? Is it uh, no, larger? It what, be, what are the customers be, dealing it, with this? We, we've got them in the more than tens of thousands for more sure. Than tens of yes, thousands of absolutely. Devices. So do. the app has been built out to scale. Up. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's one right. of the one of the strengths of what was AirWatch and now is Workspace One, right. powered by AirWatch, is the ability to scale across multiple yeah. device types, right. OSs. Because keep in mind. You know, we're a good use case. 
Um, if you talk to our IT department here at VMware, and he's a, a real partner to our business because he's right. our first customer usually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we run. We're a huge Mac shop. We're a huge Windows 10 shop. We're actually about 60/40 Android, iOS. You know, the benefit of Workspace One is we manage all that. Whereas other vendors out there will will specialize just in one. Like I'm going to manage MacBooks or I'm going to manage iOS. We manage all those platforms. Right. Okay. Our, our utilization really drives that, right? So yeah. if if we had this application that only managed one, then it would kind of undercut what we do as a company. That's right. That's right. So traditional IT operators now are having to deal with all of this. Like this is really shifting into what IT has to has to has to manage and operate. Right? Yeah, absolutely. If you looked at the last earnings results for VMware, we were public about this, and I know you warned me to make sure I said this uh, whatever was public. <laughs> so I'll be careful here. But we did say I mean, we've been growing at roughly thirty percent in end user computing. That's a big number when you consider how big the business already is because this market is growing so quickly. Right, people are trying to mobilize the workforce. They're, they're doing new branches of the future, right? You walk into a bank now, there's iPads sitting there for you to do your work. That has to be managed. Right. And that right. is IT operations that's being kind of tasked with it. Now, you know, what we'll talk about in a minute, hopefully, is how we're seeing that bleed over then to security as well, because there have typically been two different departments that have different philosophies. But, you know, that's obviously bleeding over as well. But, yeah, this is absolutely things that IT have to right. deal with today. And that's the next that's next one that then that I have on my list, and I'll maybe be a little tougher on you with Uh-oh. this with with this one, like which is I every, came from security, I, so I know how tough it can be. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I kind of feel like that security people invent reasons to have security, right? And sure. uh, and so I guess how much mobile, how much, how much are we seeing mobile actually being security threats, right? Like I, you know, I get apps, maybe done at data connectivity. Are people obviously? I don't think are using mobiles to hack into things, but. Uh, how real is this uh, as a threat? Is it just something you're thinking about ahead of time so that you know it doesn't become an issue? Right? Uh, once you give us a little lay of the security threats in the mobile world in general. Yeah, we can isolate. Like, don't think of it just as kind of the traditional malware and, and threat vulnerability-based kind of uh, security in this case. Let me quickly lay out what we're seeing. So what we're seeing is the way that we work. Every one of us, you know, I'm here in Bo- from Boston. I'm sitting in, in a Starbucks this morning, accessing right. Workspace One on my MacBook. The way we all work now is, very, you know, very remote, obviously, all over the place, yeah. different devices. My own device, the one that was given to me by VMware, that has dissolved what was traditionally the perimeter, the security perimeter. It used to be that, you know, security was we keep the bad guys out with this wall, mm-hmm. right? right? And we we operate inside and that maybe wall. Maybe you could VPN in the wall, yeah, exactly. and that's, that's about all you could do. Exactly. The right. castle wall model. Yes, yeah. and that's gone. We, that's dissolved. Right? The way we've worked, mobile devices everywhere, that, that's dissolved. And now right. the challenge that security's had, though, is that there's thousands of vendors, as you just said, that have popped up. I don't know if you've seen Pat at VMworld last year, for some of yeah. the listeners, you probably saw that slide he put up with literally thousands, thousands of security of vendors. vendors. He said, yeah. how do our customers deal with this? And uh, that is exactly the problem. They come up and they try and create noise. And what we're seeing is IT is either saying, I can do a little bit of that, or you know, more than likely what they end up doing is just restrict access. Mm-hmm. So many customers will say, you know what, if you're outside my four walls and you're traveling, Dave, I'm not going to let you get access to the, these three apps because it's too sensitive. Right. Well, that's not very right. productive in the way I work today. Like I need access to those applications. Mm-hmm. So um, what we're trying to do is bridge that gap between what the employee needs to do to get his job done and and, and security, but we're not going to be the ones that do all these vulnerabilities. I mean, there's going to be vendors out there that's going to feed our system. And so we created this thing called the Trust Network, which would be what we started with seven inaugural partners where those security vendors will feed us data, and then we'll take action on that data. So, for example, um, you know, we get data from an endpoint system mm. that says, 
you know, your endpoint is currently not patched because you're off the network, so the automated patches aren't working. And there's a major security vulnerability just disclosed that takes advantage of that. Well, we can say we're going to shut down access automatically. Our mm-hmm. system can actually go out and say that MacBook can no longer get access to XYZ applications. So they're, they're the kind of rules we can create working with these security vendors that were part of this trust exchange network. So we're essentially exchanging data, and we've decided to trust each other on that data with our API. Well, this is a this is a major concern for Eric, who fam- famously refuses to upgrade his MacBook. So um, I, I <laughs> think he's one of those. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah, but well, all right. So, so we have that. Uh, that and that's your announcement uh, was the of J- GA availability of this, right? And it's baked into into the product now. Well, I want to be clear because um, yeah, where are we on that? Yeah. So did we GA the intelligence offerings, mm-hmm. the reporting okay. engine and the automation engine. We did not GA the trust network. We announced our intention to do this with these seven vendors and many okay. more. Right. Got so it. I just want to be clear. I don't want to deceive anybody. We did not GA this talking to each other. We we were working with them to build it sometime in the future. Right. But the concept okay. we, we, we talked right. about last week, we, right. we named the program and we're actively recruiting security partners who want to be part of this network. That's yeah. what we announced last week. It's essentially here are the seven inaugural partners, which include people like McAfee and Symantec, CrowdStrike, right. Carbon Black. Um, and then we saying we want to open that up to others throughout the year and we're going to build these API um, connectors together. It's a, it's really a good service, and it's probably the only way to attack it. I know in social, there's dark social now, right? right? Which is just not a way you can monitor it, right? And so now you have to kind of work with vendors you do. who then reach out and do deals with the, the people that are dark to be able to get access and to get certain amount of connectivity to that dark social. And then and that's the way you got to do it, right? And you, you need a vendor. You need somebody like a VMware or somebody that's a software vendor that works with those, gets the deals, creates the interface that you can then have visibility into that data, right? So you're pretty much doing the same thing, right? Yeah, uh, ab- absolutely. And one, you know, I came, as I said, I came from security. I came from application security. So one of the problems we always had was we would flag all the vulnerabilities that we'd find in applications. Mm-hmm. And you know, many security people would actually say, don't flag them. I don't even want to know about them because I can't get them fixed. Right. So what is unique about what we do is we're the fix, we're the remediation side. So right. that's why the security vendors want to work with us because they struggle with, I can point out stuff, but how do I actually help that company fix or at least protect. So based on, like I said to you, we deciphered that there's an issue on his Mac, you know, shut that down. Like they can't do that. We can. So that's why it's a nice relationship together. And as you said, the best way to tackle this is that that way. And the only way it actually ever works as a partnership is when there's a win-win. And there really is a win-win here because we're never going to be the vendor that's out there going really deep on identifying security vulnerabilities. It's just not the DNA of, of the company or our business unit. There's other companies that have a 30-year head start on that exactly. and, and building that up. Yeah. And and I think it feels like VMware famously is about partnerships and open communities rather than closing off. I mean, the hypervisor is really all about that. So totally understandable. It just, I mean, going back to like what's driving all of this is the, the four walls of the castle just is, seems like in the modern way that, that corporations and companies and startups and small and large, you know, operate it, that, that just doesn't make any sense. If you want to do um, talent acquisition and you know, there's, there's rock stars out there that aren't going to drive to your office and start work at 8.30 a.m. And if you say, hey, you can do everything that you, you know, we want you to do, but you have to do it here on site inside our four walls, you know, wired into our, our network with our, you know, network port security application, like monitoring your 
their connectivity. Like, so the person in Salt Lake City who's, you know, 90 minutes away by plane is, is never going to work later, right? And yeah, that crazy. might be exactly who you need. You, you, you nailed it. And we did a, um, I'm not sure if the audience saw this yet, but we, we did, VMware did a study with Forbes Research back in, uh, I think, September, October, um, where we actually went out and, said, and looked at, talked to actual end users, the people you're talking about, and, said, and asked them questions about this idea of any app on any device, anywhere. How important is that to you? Um, what we found was if you do deliver that experience for people that you just described, uh, they, they were 24% more likely to be a digital transformation leader than mm-hmm. the company was. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, the employee said, I'm five times more productive when I can be in that environment and four times as likely to tell, tell people that my employee, employer is a desirable place to work. Sure. And as you said, yeah, interesting. Yeah. around this world, right, we're all aging yeah. populations. Recruiting is going to become a major problem right, in many countries. And so you need to make those people happy to be at work. And believe it or not, having any access to any app anywhere is actually a very important part of people's kind of lifestyle, as you said, especially now. Absolutely. I mean, and then the issue becomes, you know, how do I dial that back? Right. And yeah. so any time, like maybe maybe I don't want to work any time. But if, if that's not even an option. Right. If the option is like you have to be on campus inside the building plugged in, then you know, that's a very, very restrictive model. It's like the cutting edge of nineteen ninety four. Well it's funny you say that well, the opposite though. There are countries that have laws, employment laws though, where you as an employer can't offer any time. Sure. So that's another thing we can actually do with our system is say, you know what, after five o'clock. No emails come through. Correct. Yeah. yeah that gets me. A, yeah. So we have intelligence service, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with uh, Workspace One, we have our trusted network partners, which have announced, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, automated actions on that intelligence service, right? Like, um, how close are you to being able? If you're talking ten thousand of these things, it almost has to be automated to be yeah. able to have those rules processed and then take action based on things we're seeing. How close are we to being automated? Yeah, so we have uh, so what we announced as part of last week. You'll see if you try this product out, a uh, thing called the Decision Engine as part of this plat- uh, platform now that right. does let you set up rules and make and make quote unquote decisions. Now this isn't AI. I'm, I'm not going to throw all these buzzwords right, ML right, and everything sure. else. Right. Um, so it's not doing any of that yet, but right. clearly you can see where the future is going to be. But right. it does let you do things like set up what ifs and 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 rules. Um, that can be automated then, but it's not right. actually making the decision for you yet. No, no, right. You just have rules. Correct. If you didn't, if you didn't have a rules engine, then it would be having to do that automatically. But the fact <laughs> that you have a rules engine yes. means that you're allowing us to set up some rules. Correct, and that's right. called the decision engine. That's right. part of this 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 service. It's a cloud service, by the way, the intelligence offering, and so this is part of that service. Right. Um, okay, so we have that. What are some of the uh, actions? Do you know any actions, marketing guy? I'm, I'm a product marketing guy. I don't like being guy. careful with that line. Uh, fighting words. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I talked about some of them, but uh, I think things like the security use case. And by okay. the way, that was why we made so the action would be disabling uh, something on a device. If if right. a, if a device doesn't have the following updates, if yeah. you know, disable it. Access to the following apps. Okay. Cool. Um, if it looks like Dave Grant logged in in Boston right. the same day logged in in London. Yep. yep. Makes no sense. Don't turn, let him, turn, yeah, him off, turn him off. Turn him off. Right? And find out what happened. If um, if Dave looks like he's getting poor performance on people search, right? Look at that app and see if it's been patched. Patch it automatically. Push it. Oh, you know, neat. don't don't yeah, have him yeah, have right. to sit through yeah, an update. Yeah, right. Right. Things like that. They're the kind of rules. So you have rules some, we can you do. have and targeted actions. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. That's that's neat. the automation. And 
the E8 acquisition, not to get ahead of your questions here, but last week, they do really cool. I'm going to really throw out some marketing terms. They do ML. They, they take machine learning out of the data lake and make decisions. And so you'll start to see what we're, what we're going to do, use that technology for. Okay, so um, now you're talking about that. Just to set the table, bit. you're talking about an acquisition that VMware made and announced last week. It was technology and, uh, and personnel of Correct. a company called E8. E8 Security. Security. You got it. And um, now I'm finding out uh, from you that that's slotting into the end-user computing space Correct. at VMware. On top of this intelligence that we've been spending the last 20 okay. minutes talking about. Exactly. Got it. What, so are they, they, what are they? Yeah. What are they so doing now, on the table? Yeah. Yeah. Now, data lake, right, machine yeah, learning. All right. So what they did was they they're you know a, a, um, a bunch of data scientists that uh, looked at what you said and what Pat shows on the board that wow these poor IT operators have thousands of security collectors mm-hmm. how yeah. do they make any sense of all this right. right I mean it's they're doing it manually today right in many right. cases or they're trying to out output it to Splunk or something else and and so what they did was they created this kind of um, platform that essentially connects to all those. So think of Semantic, McAfee, they're connectors and it feeds yeah. the data, creates a data lake, and then it does use machine learning to um, decipher cross, taking cross data and looking at patterns and mm. where there could be issues because they're seeing patterns in multiple systems across multiple different layers of the stack and they make they kind of look at it that way. Um, I'm no expert in that space, so right. you can yeah. stop me yeah, if you can, uh, yeah, yeah, if you try. So please don't. <laughs> um, I would need to get the founder of uh, E8 yeah, in here. Maybe that's I'll, another time. I'll throw some big softballs <laughs> over. But uh, that's that's the, the idea is yeah. that security use case. We just added more functionality to that security use case and that trust exchange that we discussed. Mm-hmm. This idea right. of bringing together, they have those connectors, and mm-hmm. we're actually looking for to pull that data in to then make those decisions and use machine learning to kind of decide what we should be doing. Got it, got it. How much is this going to be necessary in order to really run an enterprise now where you have mobile apps? You're going to need to be able to do this stuff, right? Because just managing the scale, otherwise you're just going to have red alerts up and down your boards and that's you're not right. going to have the scale to be able to fix any of it. That's right. right. That's And that's why we've invested here. Um, as I said, we made a similar acquisition last year with Aptelligent around that. We made this one with, uh, with E8. We, we built a lot of our own um, of, uh, reporting with the intelligence service. So... You know, we do believe the future of this digital workspace is not only do you need to provide this infrastructure so that people right. can get a- a- access to apps, but you better be able to automate some of this because it's going to get out of control, as you say. So we've spent a lot of time talking about mobile, everything mobile, but you know there is this elephant in the room, which is Windows, right? Like, I mean, Microsoft hasn't gone away. They still, be, I still play games. I yeah. still use uh, Steam and download stuff. And I, I, I was, I actually just got a new Dell, so I've been trying to figure out how to go from Mac to Dell. Um, Windows 10, I think there was some talk about Windows 10 in the announcement. Why don't you take us through that? So, you know, let me tie together something here. So you mentioned the Brian Madden hire, and uh, Brian's out there listening. He coined this awesome term. I've been in this UC space about eight years, and uh, he coined the term that Windows um, is like uh, are like cockroaches. They'll be the only thing that survives a nuclear holocaust. (laughs) It wasn't my line. (laughs) It is public out there, so uh, I'm not uh, throwing um, anybody under the bus here. But he did coin that that line in a blog. And and it was true, because if you remember when VDI first started, and I've been in this space pretty much from day one in 07, 08, people said, oh, the end of Windows. We're going to move to this cloud-based model, and we won't need Windows. And you're absolutely right. It's gone nowhere. Um, Actually, what they did with Windows 10, for those who don't know, um, was pretty phenomenal um, change for them. They, they, they made Windows 10 truly a mobile cloud OS, meaning that um, systems like 
their watch and like workspace one can now manage that OS like an operating like a mobile operating system, meaning when mm. it's off the network, I can push it patches. Um, you know, I can manage it the way I manage a mobile device. That was a huge step for them to open up that environment. They did that with Windows 10. So we always had the ability to manage Windows 10 like a mobile device. And that's really important because the way that organizations manage Windows 10 today, I'm sure some of the listeners probably are responsible for this, is they use you know, PCLM tools. You've mm-hmm. all heard of product lifecycle uh, management tools. Those tools were put 20 years ago. And they were built for people that were on the network all the time Absolutely. in an office. Yeah. They weren't built for what we just spent 10, 15 minutes talking about. People in Starbucks or at home. On a plane. Um, on a plane or, you know, on a Wi-Fi that needs right. an update. Right. And a lot of the vulnerabilities that happen are because people didn't weren't on the network to get the patches they needed for compromised systems. And so, um, what, so we've always been able to manage Windows 10 devices with our system. A key differentiator for us in the market is that we can do mobile and Macs and Windows 10. What we announced last week was this idea. We called it Airlift. Um, what we found in the year of, of, of going out there and talking to people about moving to this modern management world of using um, technologies like AirWatch endpoint management for PCs is that, yeah, but that's great, guys. But I've had 20 years of managing. I have group policy updates. I have image management tools. You, sure. you can't move me overnight. I, I want to get to that nirvana you're talking about, but don't. I'm not going to do it overnight. So we created this thing called Airlift, which essentially is technology that lets you coexist. Mm-hmm. So you can have your old systems doing some functions. So you can use your PCLM, SCCM tool to do image management and group policies, but you're moving some of the more core management over to, uh, to the new style sure. of management. So that was really the big thing we announced last week was this concept of airlifting you from old to new. Um, we really believe the best place to be is new. We don't need to be in limbo, but we also realize that you're not going to be able to do it overnight. So we built this capability to allow you to do a side-by-side, essentially. And help you get to the new the new world of management. There's a personnel issue, right? Because uh, I any IT department of any reasonable size probably has three, four, five, maybe more people whose entire career has right. been made around System Center. Yep, hundred percent. Right? So you know I can't just like fire all those guys. You know the but the the problem is you know being dependent on that skill set, right? Forever. Correct. Moving forward, right? And um, and it it's not exactly the core value of the department to be amazing at system center. No. Right. And, and most of them don't want to be, right? Right. So like you want to do you want to do bigger and better things. You right. want to be participating in the the health and growth of the company and being looked upon as a key partner and not, hey, we're great at system center. Right. So that that's the, the push pull there. And Microsoft themselves, by the way, in a blog last year, did say they were also, you know, this is what they were recommending and doing internally themselves. Like they they bought into this mobile cloud era in a big way, as everyone knows, with Azure and, and what they did with Windows 10. So it's it's a matter of when, not if. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these folks that you mentioned that are doing uh, SCCM today, the thing we do is we go out and do workshops and say, let's teach you how to use the new tool set so you become more valuable for the future Right. And then this airlift will now now enable them to be able to do a bit of both for the for the transition period is essentially why we did this. Makes sense. Nice, nice. All right, so you're 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 in that game too, right? Not not ignoring all us happy Windows Steam people, right? And, <laughs> nope. and all the guys that are sitting there listening to this podcast, going like, yeah, I don't have any mobile. I just got a bunch Four of Macs, Windows, right? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's oh. what makes us different, by the way, not to interrupt you, but we do support all those OSs. So right. our, our endpoint management, we call it unified endpoint management. There's a category, Gartner Tracks at IBC, all the analyst vendors. It's called UEM, unified endpoint management. And the idea is 
one system to manage all OSs. So Windows, Mac, iOS, Android, and the rugged mm-hmm. uh, manufacturers as well. And that our system manages all those. And that's why you know customers choose us over others is because they do they don't necessarily want one vendor for each. They want uh, a unified platform. Yeah, mobile device management doesn't really describe it anymore, right? Because no. mobile device really means it feels like you're talking about somebody's like uh, Nokia phone from 1996. <laughs> when you say mobile device, right. you're right. Right. Well, so, everything's mobile now, right? Right, Mac, absolutely. Mac, MacBooks are mobile. It went for, just so the, the audience knows if they don't, it's that category started as MDM, as you said, mobile mm-hmm. device management. It then morphed into enterprise mobility management, EMM, and now it's morphed into UEM, unified endpoint management. So lots of acronyms for you to kind of grasp, but the idea was, yes, MDM was dated because that was only when it was mobile devices. EMM was then adding in things like um, the apps that we talked about, the approve, and Mm -hmm. and now UEM is adding in Windows and MacBook management into this new cloud model as well. So that's interesting because then the completeness of vision uh, section of that judgment really should include the breadth of of endpoint operating systems that are managed. Correct. So somebody has a tightly focused, like really good management of just Mac OS, like the completeness of vision. It might be a, an amazing implementation of that, but with today's modern operating environments, like, you know, there's very, very few customers that, you know, hey, we only use MacBooks. You know, that's, that's it. Yeah, we're, we're pretty honest with our customers. We say if you are only using one, you could probably go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the benefit of what we're doing is what VMware's always done, which is try and be somewhat open to all these systems and then provide that layer on top of Sure. those systems. So that is absolutely true. So I'm looking at McAfee, Symantec, Carbon Black, uh, Silence, CrowdStrike, Lookout, Netscope, great partners. Performance. When I, yeah, I always look at security. I already look at mobile management. I look at when the, the big guys are man- trying to manage my devices. What's the performance impact? How are we doing there? What is the industry? What do what, what our audience say, our customers say about the performance impact of the security burden? The, the agents, right? Yeah. yeah. How much agents we need to, yeah. to put out there. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a good question. And actually, if you if you think back to um, MDM or mobile device management, one of the things that we got a little knocked for was, wow, you're putting a, an agent on my, my favorite little device. Here. Yeah, I started looking at a yeah. big list of people, and now everybody's going to be you know, it's like, okay, where are we, how are we controlling this? Yeah. And so a lot of what's going on is actually a lot of what the innovations the security vendors are doing. So the ones you mentioned there are agent lists, meaning that, um, they are doing things like looking at how I'm using, and that's why we have a variety of, um, we have people on that list that do endpoint. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not using all those yeah. simultaneously, and then, obviously. And then we have some there that actually monitor what you're doing with cloud-based applications. Mm. So that's an important new thing, right? Like how are you using them? Right. How are you authenticating to them? Um, so a lot of them are, don't require agents. That's a good thing. A lot of the new um, requirements. But you know, clearly people do get worried um, with too many agents, which is why we're trying to, one of the reasons why we're trying to unify this in one spot for us, right? So it becomes right. our agent, right? And we're getting feeds, yeah, um, from and from supplying other data, and you're getting feeds from the policies that need to change, right? Based That's on right. what those vendors know about in the security market with regards to that, and then um, I'm still, oh, but one agent, not just agents from everybody, but one agent to rule them all. Correct. That's what you're really looking at. Trying to, right? Or trying to aggregate that up. That's all right. Got that. That's that. That answers that question, I guess. Um, it's it's now we're what a billion dollar business in Workspace One or some we're some billion like dollars as of plus, January right? 2015. You don't have to yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> kids on the new kids yeah. on the block right. Um, 
And I, I assume still we push virtual workloads around to these devices as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we, we, we're still doing the, the core traditional oh, stuff as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. What you started yeah. out with. So I, I should have, I'm glad you brought it up because I thought we talked about, you know, all of us Windows users, you're not leaving us out in terms right. of management. Right. What we didn't talk about is for any enterprise of any size, you know, we all talked about years ago, we're going to move to SaaS-based applications, right? We won't need Windows-based because we're going to move to SaaS. The reality is, for bigger organizations, they can have thousands, if not tens of thousands, of Windows applications, believe it or not. I was shocked when I got into some of these sure. conversations because they've been built for little niche departments or use cases. Sometimes those vendors that create those apps have gone out of business or they're not going to get satisfied anytime soon. No, right. So there is this long tail that, you know, there's critical Windows applications that you want to modernize, right? Put in the digital workspace. Right. So that's really why we came up with this idea of one platform to do both Windows delivery, mobile deliveries. Now that you can take, virtualize a uh, Windows application, we think that's the best way to, to keep it future-proof and put that into our digital workspace so that when I log into my app in the morning, I do have Visio sitting right there, right next to Salesforce Concur and all these modern mm. you know, cloud apps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do have the Windows app that I need. Um, that's that's going to be... that's going to continue to be something that people want and need for, for a long long time, for sure. Yeah, somebody comments on chat here, most most enterprise apps will never move to app as a I like that person. Right. Uh, I, I'm constantly arguing that, but I think people get it now. Two years ago, we had the stream that, you know, it was going to be all, everything was going to get sassified and put in the cloud, but clearly there's reasons why you actually don't want those apps. So Win32 apps are going to be around for a while, and uh, we do virtualize those and put them into the digital workspace as part of this. So who's competing with us? Oh, VMware, no one tried like, yeah, how, how are we doing? Who are our competitors? All right, well, um, now I'm going to put my marketing Nutanix, hat on. Nutanix? <laughs> I'm Nutanix finally going to put space, my marketing right? hat on now and tell you that this year we hit the trifecta. So uh, Gartner, Forrester, and IDC, all this does is declare market leader in this space, um, which for me is a yeah. guy is pretty proud of that. I got, um, I, I got, I'm impressed, one, by Sanjay Poonin and what he's been yeah. able to do when he came in yes. because before he came – Mobile was kind of a joke, yeah. right? I've said this a couple times on the, the podcast. The year of VDI. Yeah, yeah. and VDI yeah. was going to run on your VDI right. was going to run on your phone. And yeah, Citrix right. was still you know, out there. Fifty, yeah. you know, like yeah, we were struggling just yeah. to keep, you know. Now, just no. Now, now we're winning. Yeah, like, all of so, them are just were big, but uh, but there are, but are there are yeah. there people uh, offering cl- solutions? Yeah, clearly. And let me go right. through a, a couple of scenarios here. So clearly, Citrix has been in the end user computing space for a long time. Right. Um, you know, unfortunately for them, they did uh, didn't kind of innovate outside that VDI desktop world and, right. and reacted pretty late to that shift that Sanjay actually recognized uh, almost four years ago. Right. And we made this move towards this digital workspace platform. So uh, we, we've leapfrogged them pretty significantly. Apps everywhere, right? Yeah. It was like it was a brilliant uh, move. I'm going to virtualize yeah. apps. And, yeah. and yeah, and Citrix unfortunately thought people were going to run you know, virtual applications on mobile devices. And that's just not the way people want to run them. So right. you know, clearly they're still out there, but um, they're, they're not the, person, the, the people that we run into in this new world. Um, there's other MDM vendors that were around, uh, people like Mobile Iron, that all they did was mobile device management. They, they competed against AirWatch. They're still out there, but um, you know, having having their difficulties um, because they're only singly focused yeah, on no. mobile devices. We can just say we're doing well against them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and and you know, the big elephant in the room is you know, Microsoft is doing pieces of, of this. Um, mm, so they have a product called right. Intune right. uh, that does basic MDM. I get Intune for free. Oh, oh, don't say oh. that. Like a free puppy? <laughs> um, yes, that is the question we get a lot. Is I get into as part of Office 365. It's free. Why do I need to pay extra for you? And it really goes back to, I was teeing this up a little bit, so forgive me. Uh, they do 
well with delivering Office 365 to mobile devices and to MacBooks. But once you get into that diversification mm -hmm. environment, it's game over. They don't manage Macs. Are they going right. to? Yeah, no. Do you think no. Apple's going to work with Microsoft to manage Macs? You know, they don't manage uh, Android and rugged devices because they don't have an interest there. Like, so there's competing interests. So we, where we win is that um, broader based, you know, platform where you're doing more than just one singular platform, and that's where the free doesn't, you know, pan out. Hey, there's a great light board out there on um, on the advantage of uh, Workspace One and AirWatch versus Intune yeah. that I would encourage people to take a look at. It's it's really eye opening. The the idea of having Intune manage your mobile apps on your mobile platform really requires that the app app developer instrument in like this Intune reporting into their app and the list, there's this long, okay, a list of 10 applications that have actually done it, right? Versus like, you know, millions of applications Correct. out there, right? Correct. So the universe of I love your depth on this. Space. I love your depth on my category. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. I, this, I didn't even think I'd go, the, go there, but yes, you nailed the other part. So there's the OS management side they support. But then right. on the app side, what you just said, the way they make them put that SDK there, nobody is doing that. So let's say, for example, let's say Intune was managing your environment and you wanted to sign on to Salesforce, Workday, Concur, mm -hmm. all these SaaS apps. You would actually be going back to circa 2005 and opening a browser and logging in, you know, squeezing open your login. Yeah. And, and with, with our system, we just provide that through conditional access through the actual um, identity management. Identity management, right? And yeah. done. Finger, fingerprint, I'm in. Um, that experience of opening a browser every time I need to get to an app is uh, not a very good experience. So you, yeah. nailed, you nailed the other big one, which is that app diversity uh, piece of it. That's but he asked cool. me the tough question. Yep. Com competition. <laughs> there you are. Competition. Um, any big customers that we're allowed to talk about or any, 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 anything you want to share that's interesting about a customer? I always I, – I, I wrap through competition, wow. customers, so and, and then we'll do futures, <laughs> right? So you're, you only got nine more minutes left, so we'll, we'll give the uh, – I almost need to, I need to tap in and get, get some help from the bullpen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> customers. Exactly. So the any, any neat customer stories or we something? We have amazing went, customer oh, wow, stories, um, and you know what? Uh, what I'll do is on top of mind, I'll use the ones that were on stage at VMware with me last year because – that way, I know they're still there. They yeah. were there. Yeah. Um, so, so Dave from American Red Cross, right? Yeah. Think of American Red Cross. What What do they do? Field workers are helping people. Sure. Really cool stuff, and um, they need to deliver apps to their volunteers to their personal devices. But those apps are owned by Red Cross and managed by Red Cross. So they use yeah, Space we, had, we heard that. Last <laughs> <time>. <laughs> okay, right. Who's next? Yeah. Uh, Western Digital. <laughs> yeah, right. Western Digital was on stage with me as well. For those who don't know, Western Digital obviously storage mm -hmm. yeah. acquires a lot of companies. Every time they onboard new companies, how do they deliver the apps they need out quickly to those new employees? They use Horizon. That's a big deal. That's those. a big deal. Yeah. Onboarding is a big yes. deal, especially in, in today's world where you're just bringing in new people. There's there's always some new company we're acquiring and bringing them on. I get it. In social, we, we buy a new company now once a quarter. But, yeah. um, I imagine IT has to struggle through that. Onboarding is definitely. Onboarding is the number one benefit, I would say, to Workspace One, why people buy it. Right. Let me give you an example. So. Yeah. I, last week, we did our sales kickoff in Europe, in Paris. Sorry, such a terrible place, right? Tough, uh, but yeah, I had to travel life. to Paris. Yeah, tough, tough life. Uh, so Friday night, I'm leaving Saturday. It's Friday night. I'm a bit of a neat freak, and there's a crumb uh, in between my L key on my MacBook. I'm sure people can um, – so I'm going to give you a lesson on two things, how not to fix, them, uh, fix a crumb in your 
and how Workspace works. Do you work. have one of the new work yes. laptops? Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a mess. Yeah, those so, yeah. crumb on a keyboard, you're done. I didn't know that right. the soft keys yep. can't be picked off anymore. No, they can't. No. <laughs> you're in for a whole new laptop if you do that. Get yeah, it. so I picked yep. it off, and I'm like, ooh, yep. that adhesive sounded weird. That's not a typical clip. I'm looking for the little, little you know, clip. yep. the clips, and mm. it didn't. And so, believe it or not, the English language, we use L a lot. <laughs> right, so I'm like, Holy and then God. when it's gone, it doesn't work anymore either. Yeah. Right? You can't put it back on and just press it. So I go to the Genius right. Bar in, right. in the mall, right? And uh, he looks at me and goes, oh, I can't replace it. I said, what do you mean you can't replace a key? He goes, nope. nope. The whole thing got to be yep. done. So I run back home. like, I got to leave tomorrow. I'll take my wife's MacBook. And now because I'm on Workspace ONE, I go to the Workspace ONE app, download it, nice. use my authentication. I'm into Office 365, all my apps. I'm like, I never missed a beat. I got my PowerPoint back down. I'm going to present. Um, so that's an example, but that's onboarding. Yeah. Think about a new employee that comes in. I had all those salespeople last week in Paris telling me, I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I got onboarded here. You guys just sent me a laptop in the mail and it was already, you know, ready to roll as soon as I logged into the Workspace One. So onboarding is a big, okay. a big deal for sure. All right. We got, uh, now, we don't, now we have six more minutes left. What do you think in 2018? What are your big challenges? Where do you think we're going to go? Anything that, you know, obviously it tells about unreleased things, but uh, what, what, what gets you up in the morning? What excites you about this, this going forward Six in 2018? Six minutes, swatting up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me start with the threat. Uh, no, uh, no ser- in all seriousness, we talked a little bit about it, but you can imagine that we do believe that this kind of intelligence-driven automation is going to yeah, become a big part of it. Go to the next level. Here. Yeah, and, secu- and, and, and getting closer yeah. to the security vendors. Right. And we don't you know, want to incro- be a security vendor necessarily, but we know there's a lot of overlap between our buyers, typically, just so the audience knows, is typically the person that buys our technology is responsible for end-user services. So if it's a big enough company, they might have a vice president or director of end-user computing or right. end-user services. That person more and more is getting tapped by the security office saying, wow, you're letting people work from anywhere. You're letting them right. use any device. You're not managing those yeah. devices. And so we believe that we really need to get help that our person right. work with that person better rather be contentious uh, relationship. So right. um, I think, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise, but last week's announcements are teeing up what you'll see a lot in 20, the 2018. Of, yeah, it's interesting year, yeah. how that is rising in importance among uh, customer organizations. I, I actually have a customer who, in their investor deck, had digital transformation as one of their five important mm-hmm. things that they were focusing on, um, you know, rolling forward. And, um, you know, when I think the VP in charge of that, you know, came to our um, uh, uh, VMware briefing center to get an executive briefing, he, he almost, like, looked at our, like, you know, priority deck and went, Hey, now did you look at our deck and, you know, oh, really? align yeah. to it? And no, awesome. no, it was just happened to be like our priorities were their priorities. So digital transformation, you know, and end user uh, devices, unified computing is, is so important to customers and customers. And they look upon it as a competitive advantage, yes. you know, in their industries. So. And that was the point I made, you made it better, but uh, I'll just recap that Forbes research we did. When we asked companies about digital transformation in general, and you're right, that's a broad category, um, but how important is this kind of app to any user, any device? That was that stat I threw out there that, you know, they were 24% more likely to be listed as a digital transformation uh, leader, got it. an overall digital transformation leader, if they do this versus somebody that doesn't. So, um, yeah, we have a nice, that's obviously part of the growth that we're seeing is organizations are looking at digital transformation as a competitive differentiator now, right? Whether it be branches of the future for retail and banking and other things, right? Uh, they're doing a lot more with mobile and just light IoT devices even. Sure. Yeah. You know, wearables, people on the 
utility poles with you know wearables that are got the manuals right within the smart glasses, right. things like that. They all need to be managed and pushed and updated as well. So, Very nice. Um, we are coming up to the hour. Uh, just a couple shout-outs to where you can go read about this. You guys do have a great blog out there. It is at blogs.vmware.com slash EUC. So there's an EUC blog, uh, and they've announced all of this. It's Workspace One Intelligence March Announcement.html. You can go Google that, figure that out. Go go look at the EUC blog and read some of the articles so you can learn more about it. Yeah, and your stuff, audience right? especially will love this, and I'm, I'm making sure I, I'm getting it right here on my phone. But last week we announced our tech zone. Okay. So this is a zone we created just for technical practitioners to learn about the digital workspace. All right. All video-based, hands-on labs. My team, I have a technical marketing team as well that goes through reference architectures. It's a really cool new site. Um, let me just try and get I'll, the I'll let you uh, get address, that. tech zone. Right, yeah, sure. I'll get it while, while you're while finishing I, up While here. I finish up here. And so, uh, again, Dave Grant, VP of Product Marketing at VMR EUC. Um, I'm sure he has a Twitter handle that uh, I'll, I'll also ask him for so you can go follow him. Or yeah. is there an EUC Twitter handle? I think it's EUC at you know, VMware. You like VMware at, EUC. VMware yeah. EUC. Well, there's, a, there's an at Workspace one as well. Uh, okay. At Workspace one. And I'm, uh, I am D Grant, as it's spelled, the number four. So hit me up if you want to hit me D on D Grant four. Yeah, the number four. You've got, got it. Got it. com. You've got it. And then there's a techzone.vmware.com. You guys can go check a look at that and uh, and learn about that. Go get uh, go get it. And it's on, uh, what are we hosting on AWS these days? Is it a cloud service that's out there? So It is. Yeah, there you go. Probably VMware Cloud or AWS. Uh, I, I run half of my stuff on AWS, and then the other half I'm trying to get on VMware uh, VM Cloud or v, VCW or what do we call our VMware, VMware Cloud on AWS. VM Cloud. VMC. VMC. <laughs> No, we definitely do yeah. not call it VMC. V- VMC. The, the marketing people will definitely yeah. we do that. CMO <laughs> will not let you say VMC. Right. So good stuff, good stuff. Cloud service. Uh, you guys are killing it. So I appreciate you uh, taking your time to come. You know, you're a VP. You got many other options. Your your podcast options are many. So we appreciate you coming down to to us and walking in studio to have you here. This is fantastic. I appreciate him. A lowly yeah. marketing guy on the lowly marketing. <laughs> guy. Hey, thanks for everybody. Uh, ta- seeing us live. We always love to see you. I look at all the Facebook live counts and, uh, and they go answer questions. So if you have questions, go uh, ask them down in the Facebook uh, live chat and I will, I will get to them later and say hello. Oh man, I should do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to remind me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. We will be again again next week. We are booked up through, I think, all of April. So uh, everyone have a great week. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for the guys on chat, uh, Tony Foster and everybody else. Thanks for being there. And we'll see you again next week. Hitting the big red stop button now.